This is Tom Lee, Editor-in-Chief of NAJM Catalyst, and we are talking about training the next generation of physicians on how to deliver telemedicine. Our expert is Rahul Sharma, a national leader in both emergency medicine and telemedicine. Uh, he also knows a lot about how those two should be integrated. Raul has many titles, but I'll just note that he is chair of the Department of Emergency Medicine at Weill Cornell Medical College in New York City, and he's also the founder and executive director of the Center for Virtual Care there as well. He has played important roles in defining how virtualists should practice and now is actively teaching the next generation. Well, I was intrigued when you recently told me that while Cornell had integrated telemedicine into the medical school curriculum and, in fact, made it a, requ a requirement, can you tell us the nature of this module? Sure, Tom. So here at Wild Cornell Medicine, our emergency medicine physicians, our faculty members, alongside the Center for Virtual Care, we've been teaching telemedicine to Wild Cornell medical students since January 2019. And while Cornell Medicine, um, the medical college, has about 110 students each year and now has a required emergency medicine clerkship for students in their major clinical year. So the leadership of our clerkship partnered with our telemedicine faculty to deliver core knowledge and telemedicine skills during the rotation. And uh, prior to starting their clinical years, the medical students received an introduction to telemedicine as part of their transition to clerkships course. Then as part of this new clerkship, Students take a four-hour course in advanced communication skills and physical diagnosis via a video-based platform. And this course is led by three faculty from our department here um, who have experience in medical education but are also clinical providers in, the telemedic in telemedicine. And to date, we've trained over 200 medical students here at Wild Cornell through our course. Well, as you know, I am practicing as a primary care physician here in Boston. And when COVID hit in March 2020, I immediately converted to seeing virtually all of my patients via telephone or Zoom. I didn't get any special training, and I get the feeling that maybe I should have. Yeah, Tom, what you're experiencing is what many physicians and providers have been experiencing during the pandemic. Uh, physicians have historically trained only to deal with patients in person. Um, but that's no longer practical in today's healthcare landscape. Like we used to teach proper bedside manner, it's now equally important for physicians to also learn website manner. Think of it like this. You would never have a medical student perform a physical exam, do history taking on, without really knowing the do's and don'ts. You know, they usually get a course in physical diagnosis, history taking. It should be the same with telemedicine. And physicians don't always realize how much of the patient encounters also shape before we even form the physical exam. And in this virtual world, um, we the physicians uh, are responsible for setting the stage and creating an environment that allows the patient to feel safe and secure. Um, the need for telemedicine has grown exponentially over the last two years, largely due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But even before the pandemic, um, we start to see this shift towards telemedicine. Uh, our Center for Virtual Care has been at the forefront for offering training and simulations for clinicians who want to improve the telemedicine skills. And this actually started going on before the pandemic even started. And over the last three years, we've trained almost 600 learners, including medical students, residents, uh, patient navigators, physicians, and our own faculty. 
Well, before we get into what you've included in the curriculum for those students and faculty, can you tick off a few of the most common glaring errors that you see clinicians uh, who have not had training commit? So physicians uh, and clinical providers are now responsible for creating a safe, personal connection with the patient through a screen. Um, and not all of them have the skill set to do so. So some of the most common errors that we, we found um, were that, number one, not looking at the camera, poor eye contact. That is a, uh, is a big part of the patient-physician-provider interaction. Not knowing how do you translate empathy over a video screen. Is that even possible? Um, having poor nonverbal communication. Um, and also just being unfamiliar with examining patients in the virtual space. And I'll tell you, you know, um, when this pandemic started, people thought it was easy. Um, but I will tell you that doing a virtual visit, a telemedicine visit with a patient is not the same as FaceTiming with your grandparents or your friends. There is a skill set that, that you need to do this. Well, those groaning noises in the background were me recognizing myself in your descriptions, you know, not looking up at the camera, uh, you know, fumbling around uh, trying to, you know, improvise an examination. Uh, okay, so to help people like me, how do you teach what you teach to faculty and to students? So our curriculum includes using multiple formats to teach professional verbal and nonverbal techniques that are employed over video and exploring the differences and similarities between in-person as well as telemedicine care. Uh, we utilize simulation uh, to teach the face-to-face -face skills required to convey good bedside manner, verbal and nonverbal communication, professionalism, warmth, and empathy. Um, these are things you could actually practice and using simulation and using uh, simulated patients, uh, actors, um, has shown to be extremely beneficial. Um, also, we teach physical exam skills. Um, I'll tell you, I was a believer that there's no way you could do a physical exam unless you touch the person or you're in person or, or you're next to the person. You know, but we've learned over the last several years that physical exam skills can be taught and assessed using simulation techniques and practice and actually having the patient help you do the exam. Um, we also use tabletop exercises or small group exercises to promote a collaborative learning environment. Um, and the one thing that we do is we minimize the number of didactic lectures. Um, we, we do have some lectures, but this is really a hands-on um, uh, supportive learning environment rather than making them sit through a bunch of traditional lectures. Well, if I were to ask one of your students who finished the module what they have learned, what do you think the top two or three things that they would say might be? Well, I think certainly they would say that they've learned on-camera etiquette setting the stage, how to connect effectively with patients, including the lighting, presentation, and the body language. Um, they'll tell you that they learned about verbal and nonverbal communication skills, especially during history taking. You know, when you look at a patient, looking at, you know, what they, how they're acting or they're smiling or wincing, those give you a lot of clues, especially when you're doing a history taking over a video camera. Also, students will tell you that they were taught how to appropriately conduct a basic physical exam virtually. As I said earlier, I didn't think that was possible, but from numerous cases, we've learned that you could do a very detailed physical exam virtually by having the patient assist you. And one of the most important things that students learn is how to best prepare to overcome any technical challenges they may face during a telemedicine encounter. 
I'm a firm believer in Murphy's Law and, you know, um, if you don't plan, uh, things will go wrong. And frequently, you do have technical issues. For example, the camera goes off. And how do you deal with those issues? I think that's something that you have to be prepared for. Otherwise, your encounter with the patient could be negatively impacted. Well, any sense of how it's going, how the students responded? Tom, so far, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. And the one thing that I want to reinforce in our telemedicine course reinforces is that Telemedicine is medicine. It's not a different type of medicine. It is medicine. And many of the students have found that the sessions have helped them provide, have helped provide insight into their communication, history taking, and physical exam skills. We've had students say that they feel that they are a step ahead of students at other medical schools because they've gotten this training in telemedicine. And in a study that we conducted to help develop the curriculum, 97% of our learners who participated in the courses found them useful. 100% felt that simulation was an effective teaching strategy. And over 90% of our students perceived an improvement in their comfort and ability to perform video-based exams. So um, it's been really nice to see this feedback and, and to see the students are engaged and actually enjoying this experience. Well, it won't be surprising if the students who have given attention to communication in this course actually improve with their in-person communication too, since they're going to be thinking about excellence in communication in general. It's awfully early, uh, and I'm sure you're going to get better and better at figuring out what should we be doing and how we should be teaching it, but I'm so glad that you started this important work. Uh, we look forward to hearing more from you on this and other topics in the years ahead. My pleasure, Tom. Thank you very much for having me.